From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Well, good evening. Welcome to this Friday edition of Washington Watch. I'm Jody Heiss, a senior advisor to the president here at the Family Research Council and your host on Fridays. And we're honored to be with you and thank you so much for joining us this evening. All I can say is we have a packed program for you this evening. It's a program of both smoke and news. And I say that literally as well as figuratively. Of course, we've got smoke all up and down the eastern border from the Canadian fires, but we also have a lot of smoke coming from the Democratic Party. Let me explain what I'm talking about. First of all, on tonight's program, the Biden administration's Department of Justice has indicted the former president. As you well know, President Trump has been indicted, and he is also a candidate for president in 2024. All of this comes in connection with the documents that were obtained during last summer's FBI raid at his home uh, at Mar-a-Lago. Now, the indictment was unsealed this afternoon. Today, an indictment was unsealed, charging Donald J. Trump with felony violations of our national security laws, as well as participating in a conspiracy to obstruct justice. Well, that was special counsel Jack Smith just a couple of hours ago, and former President Trump will be arraigned Tuesday in Miami. Congressman Randy Weber will be joining me to discuss this. Well, then we have the smoke. So what should we make of the indictment coming on the exact same day that the FBI gave Congress alleged evidence that President Biden received some $5 million in a scheme with a Ukrainian company, Burisma. Well, I don't think it's any coincidence that the day that the House Oversight Committee has access to an FBI Form 1020 that uh, suggests Joe Biden was involved in a bribery scheme, uh, that the DOJ comes back and indicts Donald Trump. Yeah, it does not appear to be any coincidence. That was House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer yesterday on Newsmax, and I'll be talking with Missouri Congressman Eric Burleson, who is on that committee, the Oversight and Accountability Committee, here in just a little while. Also, what does an indictment uh, coming from an incumbent president and his Department of Justice, when you have a political opponent What does this indictment reveal about a two-tiered system of justice? Well, John Malcolm, who was a former assistant attorney general at the Department of Justice, who is now at the Heritage Foundation, will join me a little bit later to discuss that. And then these were some of the words, cruel, hateful, prejudiced. That's how President Biden labeled those who are working to protect children from mutilating gender surgeries and keeping sexually explicit filth away from our children. The president made that claim while announcing a new multi-agent federal effort to promote the LGBTQ agenda yesterday. Meg Kilcannon will be joining me to talk about that. So friends, I'm telling you, we've got an incredible program lined up for you today. And just a reminder, The website is TonyPerkins.com, where you can catch this episode as well as many, many previous episodes there in our archive. So please keep that website handy, TonyPerkins.com. All right, let's jump into this evening's program. The indictment of former President Trump on criminal charges is certainly a historic first. Obviously, there are sweeping implications for the 2024 presidential election and beyond. And Republican leaders have criticized the president on his weaponization of the federal government, law enforcement. And what does all that weaponization ultimately mean? Well, joining me now to discuss this and more is Congressman Randy Weber. He serves on the House Committee on Energy and Commerce, as well as the House Committee on Science, Space, and Technology. He represents the 14th Congressional District of Texas. Congressman Weber, always great to see you. Welcome to Washington Watch. Thank you, Jody. Great to see you. We appreciate what you do. Well, thank you so much. 
Oh, well, listen, let me just begin. I, your reaction to the indictment of former President Trump. It is unbelievable, Jody, when you think about it. First time in American history, a former president has been indicted. And on the heels of them trying to keep the the DOJ has been weaponized. Uh, now, the rank and file folks of the FBI and the DOJ, I want to make this clear, are good people. But the upper echelon did everything they could to keep Trump from winning that election. You know that. You saw the text messages. You saw the things they were doing. Ask yourself these questions. Did Biden take classified materials when he wasn't even president? Check. Did Mike Pence have classified materials, not the president? Check. Did Hillary Clinton have hundreds of thousands of hundreds of classified docs on her computer when she wasn't even president? Check. Did Hillary Clinton destroy the very evidence the FBI was seeking for? Check. Did FBI Director Comey give her a pass? Check. Did the upper FBI upper echelon take a fake dossier to the FISA court paid for by Democrat money? Check. The DOJ has been weaponized, Jody. I don't see how you come to any other conclusion. Well, listen, that is extremely well said, and you just laid it out for us. I don't see how you come to any other conclusion either, and that is what's so frightening about all of this. Look, we all know that no one is above the law. A lady justice is supposed to be blindfolded, and justice is to be served regardless of political affiliation or any other uh, category. It, it is to be blind, and everyone is to be treated uh, the same. But is it your belief that it sounds like it is, and I just want this to be confirmed, that in this case, it appears that the president, former President Trump, it, th this, this is targeting a political opponent. Let me just get down to it. Is that what this appears to be to you? Well, absolutely it is. And, and for those people who say, well, it's not really about politics, think about this. It's a banana republic is what we're embarking upon down this path if we keep going down it, if, if it's not too late already. Think about it. The day that I think President Trump announced he was going to, or then uh, Citizen Trump announced he was going to run for president, you had members of Congress, you had people really even in the news saying he he will be impeached, you know, the first day he gets in office. Do you remember that, Jody? I remember that well. I sure do. You you were here. You know, you were in Bless your heart, and you've gone back to the real world. <laughs> but you remember that. I mean, there was people, there was a Democrat named Al Green, I think, that filed a motion to impeach President Trump right after, you know, his tenure began. This this is crazy that the political machine, call it what you want, the Democrat machine, has been after Trump. For, and the news and the liberal left news has been after Trump since day one, it's very, very scary for the American public and the American way of life. It is scary. And let me take it either to another level. And I bring this up because you brought it up. Uh, but what are we to make of the indictment of President Trump when you have other political figures who have had classified documents, be it in their garage or in their private email server, or whatever, and like you mentioned with Hillary Clinton, destroyed supposedly tens of thousands of emails and no prosecution. What are we to make of all of this? Well, it's a double standard that the people of America ought to rise up because Clinton herself stuck her finger in the eye of the American public. You remember this. Not only did she destroy the classified documents, they took hammers to their phones. They tried to destroy the computer that they were stored on, and they used what's called bleach bit. I had never heard of bleach bit until back then. And then she was asked about it on in media, and she laughed. Oh, you mean that I put bleach on my computer? And she laughed about it. They're making a mockery of the American system. Well, what is so fearful is the not. It's no longer a potential. We are witnessing the unfolding, the laying out of a two-tiered system where if you are part of the uh, political party of choice, then you can pretty much get away seemingly with all sorts of things. But if you are an, a, pol a political opponent, then watch out. We're coming after you. And I think many people are even fearful that that's part of what's behind 87,000 or whatever the number is going to be, new IRS agents who are potentially going to be unleashed on, who knows, conservatives? 
Well, that's all part of their plan. Of course, I, I often have said for many, many years that IRS stands for Infernal Revenue Service, and people ought to be really, really skeptical about them. And look, it's not just the FISA court warrant that the, that we saw what was going on with the weaponized DOJ. Think about it. Even when Biden, Joe Biden, was vice president, he literally bragged on TV that if that the Ukrainians, you want to talk about quid pro quo, pay to play, that the Ukrainians didn't fire the prosecutor that was investigating the company his son worked for. By the way, he got millions of dollars to that company without any experience in energy. But no, notwithstanding that, I mean, that's just a minor detail, right? But anyway, yes. brag that if they, he told them if they didn't fire that prosecutor, that, that Ukraine would not get $1 billion with the B dollars. And then he cusses, uses that cuss word, says, blankety blank. What do you know? They fired that prosecutor. These guys, and, you know. and yet, there's also now indications that Biden's been taking money from foreign entities in exchange for it's called pay to play it's okay if, the, if they do it but boy trump should not do anything he shouldn't get out of the straight and narrow because they're going to come after him and they've been coming after him this is yet the most stringent i would call it egregious evil act they've done toward trump uh, i i couldn't agree anymore in fact i think we're going to try to pull that clip up that you referenced a little bit later on in the program. Uh, Congressman, before you leave, I just want to get your take. Of course, you're from Texas, a great representative from Texas. And earlier today, your governor, Greg Abbott, announced that he is going to install a floating border along the Rio Grande to deter migrants from crossing the river into the U.S. illegally. What do you make of this? Oh, it's absolutely warranted. The sad part about it is, why should the why should the state of Texas, the citizens of Texas, Texans, be having to pay to protect the southern border that the United States has a responsibility to protect? I hope that we get completely back in power, the Republicans, and that when we have passed an appropriations bill, we repay Texas for all the money they've spent protecting the southern border because. It's not supposed to be the state of Texas's responsibility. It's supposed to be the federal government's. I was in the state house four years on the borders committee. I can tell you things about the southern border that would make your head spin. It is that bad down there. It's worse. And then it was that bad. It's worse now. And once again, the federal government run by the Democrats is, in, in my opinion, seeking to destroy the way of life that we have enjoyed for a long time. Well, it's going to be very interesting. I, I just Looking at that uh, barrier across the river, I thought this is brilliant. I know there was one of the sheriffs at, uh, in Maverick County who actually said that they discover uh, drowned victims nearly every day and that this is going to help save lives. So very interesting what's going on. Congressman Randy Weber, thank you so much for your leadership there in Congress, and we're grateful for your coming on the program this evening. Thank you, Jody. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. All right, friends, coming up, uh, we've got the smoke part coming up. We're going to go deeper into this. Could all this attention that's being directed at former President Trump simply be a smokescreen to draw attention away from the reality that President Biden may be in trouble? The Oversight Committee's investigations as to the corruption for him and his family, the walls could be falling in. I'll be discussing this further with a member of the Oversight Committee, uh, Congressman Eric Burleson, right after the break. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back in a moment. Today, more than ever, men need a reminder of what biblical manhood looks like and to understand God's good design for them, to serve as provider, instructor, battle buddy, defender, and chaplain. They need a battle plan to truly live out their role. Family Research Council's Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin and Dr. Keenan Kirtan's book, Strong and Courageous, a sequel to Man to Man, offers this battle plan so that men can pursue their God-given responsibility in a culture quickly turning away from God's design. The authors unpack the Old Testament book of Joshua as the focus of their study, asking readers to look to his leadership to help consider and apply the key principles of biblical manhood. It's time for men to accept their role in the family and community and truly embrace their God-given purpose. To order your copy of Strong and Courageous, A Call to Biblical Manhood, go to frc.org slash strongandcourageous. Again, that's frc.org slash strongandcourageous. 
Christians must be sure to faithfully think about the issues that have taken our culture and many of our churches by storm from a biblical perspective. Family Research Council's David Clawson, along with co-authors Denny Burke and Colin Smothers, released a new book, Male and Female, He Created Them, a study on gender, sexuality, and marriage to help Christians better grasp the Bible's teaching about these issues. This study presents a biblical view of homosexuality, transgenderism, and marriage. With this new resource, readers will be given guidance on specific specific questions related to preferred pronouns, identity, intersex conditions, and other matters that our churches must be discipling their members to respond to with love and biblical conviction. As part of the study, readers have access to supplemental videos by Dr. Albert Moeller, Dr. Heath Lambert, Reverend H.B. Charles, Dr. Christopher Yuan, Dr. Rosaria Butterfield, and others that expand and elaborate the themes of each chapter. To purchase a copy, go to hecreatedthem.org. Today we find that global persecutions of Christians is growing more menacing every year. Family Research Council's Leela Gilbert, Ariel Del Turco, and Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin's book, Heroic Faith, shares personal stories from those who have endured religious persecution and gives a close look at the dire situations Christians often face due to dangerous and sometimes deadly opposition to their faith. The book's true stories of persistence and faithfulness amidst crisis offer inspiration and hope. Heroic Faith also provides insights into the ideologies driving the hostility and persecution, what steps the U.S. government might take to help, and how readers can best respond to the struggles of the faithful. It is critical for us to learn from our brothers and sisters who are suffering deeply and to do whatever we can to help. You can get your copy of Heroic Faith wherever books are sold or by going to frc.org slash heroic faith. Again, that's frc.org slash heroic faith. All right, welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm your Friday host, Jody Heiss, and we're honored to have you with us this evening. As we continue to examine the indictment of former President Trump, there are many legal experts who are warning of the harm that's caused from a sitting president targeting an opposing presidential candidate. And as we just heard, that seemingly is exactly what's taking place here. As we learned from the recently released Durham report, the Department of Justice and the FBI have shown a pattern of targeting opponents, with many Republican leaders fortunately saying uh, that this has to come to an end. And what's happening now to President Trump is but yet another example of this type of targeting. Well, joining me now to discuss this and more is Congressman Eric Burleson. He serves on the House Oversight and Accountability Committee as well as the House Education Committee and the Transportation Committee. He represents the 7th Congressional District in Missouri. Congressman Burleson, welcome to Washington Watch. It's an honor to have you. It's an honor to be on, Jody. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for taking time to be with us. All right, you have been very vocal on all of this uh, weaponization of the Department of Justice and the FBI. You've come out strongly against this. Uh, Is that what we're really seeing here, in your opinion? Is our federal government being weaponized to go after political opponents? Yeah, I think what's sad is we're seeing the swamp try to take over. When the question we should all be asking is, who's in charge? Are the National Archives more powerful than the former president, or at that time, the president of the United States? Is the FBI more powerful or have more authority than Congress? And yet the FBI is thumbing its nose at Congress when we request documents, even for unclassified documents. We had to fight tooth and nail to get access to these unclassified documents. First, Christopher Wray denied their existence. And then eventually when pressed, uh, when, we, when we had access to the document or showed him that we knew it existed, He had to provide it. Then, now we know, because that document includes references to other 1023 documents, we know that they were lying to us all all along. They've had access to multiple reports related to to Joe Biden and this pay-for-play scheme, and the FBI has done nothing about it. And yet, they're going to go after Trump for for these silly, bogus charges. Yeah, it's it is unbelievable what we are watching before our eyes. And I've referenced this and using the 
uh, illustration, the word picture of the, of the smoke screen. Uh, of course, we're seeing all sorts of smoke in Washington right now as we're all gagging to death walking around town. Uh, but deeper and worse than the smoke coming from the Canadian fires is the smoke coming from the Democratic Party right now. And uh, this whole indictment occurring on the very same day that the evidence comes to you and other members of the Oversight Committee regarding the alleged $5 million payment to President Biden from uh, this Ukrainian national, are we out of focus or out of alignment to think that there just might be more going on here than a mere coincidence? Oh, absolutely. Let's, let's roll back a little bit. Remember, when we first heard about the Treasury documents, the, the suspicious activity reports, this is back in earlier this year, the same week the Oversight Committee and the information and the news broke about these suspicious activity reports that the Biden family had. There's 150 of them sitting in Treasury. That same week is the week that that uh, Alvin Bragg in New York prosecuted Donald Trump. So mm-hmm. the you know these these things seem to be lining up, and coincidence seems to be occurring. But eventually, it's no longer coincidence. It's clear that the deep state is out to get Donald Trump, and they're out to to whitewash Joe Biden. Well, the, the pattern is there, and I'm, I appreciate you bringing that up. Uh, do you consider this election interference? I do. I think that it's disturbing that they're going to use these, what, what, are, what has really never been used before. They're going to go after Trump for these unclassified documents, blame him for, at the end of the day, he was president of the United States. He could unilaterally make them all unclassified. That's his prerogative. But the fact that they're going to go after him for this and then not go after Joe Biden for all the documents that he had for over a decade sitting in his garage floor is, re- is, is just appalling. And I think most Americans see through this. They see it for what it is. And I think that the American people, this is why I think history and what's happening here is, is greater than the moment. We cannot let the deep state do to this this person, the, the top candidate for president in 2024, we cannot let the deep state take him out the way that they're doing. If, if we allow this to happen, then history will judge us for this, and this might be the beginning of the downfall of the United States of America. Good, good observation. Uh, and I, listen, I'm so grateful that you're on the Oversight Committee and uh, so many of my former colleagues, you guys are doing an awesome job. I, but right now, you and the committee are pursuing all the facts regarding the payments to the Biden family uh, for influence peddling, uh, really. Uh, we know about the alleged Burisma payments to President Biden, some $5 million. Uh, what can you tell us about how the investigation is going at this point? So... We know about that payment that has opened up because we had access to these um, 1023 documents. They, those have, are referencing other ones. Chairman Comer is going to get access to those other 1023 documents. And uh, it's more than likely that those are going to include other transactions from other countries. We know from the Treasury reports and those those uh, documents that there are other countries involved, including the Chinese Energy Company including a company from the United Arab Arab Emirates, um, a company from Romania. So we know that there's other countries involved. You know, it's ironic, but China is probably the most noble actor in the in the of countries that the Biden family is doing business with. Wow. Well, listen, of course, we all know President Biden is just saying it's all malarkey. Uh, We've seen that. But listen, I just again want to thank you, Congressman Eric Burleson, for taking time out of your schedule to be with us here on Washington Watch this evening. And uh, we're honored to have you on the program and grateful to have you in Congress. Thank you, Jody. Have a great weekend. All right, friends, coming up, President Biden is now condemning an alleged rise in violence against those identifying as LGBTQ. Meanwhile, nothing is being done to protect the pro-life community. And there's just, uh, the inconsistencies are unbelievable. Another clear example of how justice is not blind under this administration. We'll talk about it after the break. Stay tuned, much more coming your way in just a moment.
Men are constantly told that there is no place for their thoughts and concerns about abortion. However, this attitude ignores the fact that both women and men are deeply and personally affected by abortion. Furthermore, one does not have to be a woman to know that abortion ends the life of an innocent, unborn child. Every man has a role to play in protecting unborn lives and supporting the mothers in their families and greater community, which is why FRC's Center for Human Dignity has released a resource titled A Man's Guide to Standing for Life. This resource was created to help men positively address the topic of life. This guide will equip men with phrases to utilize or avoid, as well as practical tips for helping to protect life and the expectant mother or unborn child he knows. Every man has the opportunity to be an unborn baby's hero by stepping in to support a mother and speaking up for her child's life. Get this free guide at frc.org slash men to learn more about the important role men play in protecting unborn lives. Have you seen the Now We Live series? It is a six-week worldview Bible study created in partnership with Family Research Council and Summit Ministries. This video series was put together to help Christians propel faith into action. It offers six free videos to prompt rich discussions about some of life's most foundational questions among churches, small groups, and families. Each video is led by well-known Christian voices and addresses questions regarding worldview, Jesus, truth, identity, and society. It's so important for Christians to both know the truth and to live in a way that is compatible with the truth. Being grounded in what is true and living out God's grace allows a believer's faith to truly transform one's own life and ultimately help transform a broken world. Equip yourself and other Christians to learn more about what it means to truly hold a biblical worldview. Access this important series by going to frc.org worldview. Again, go to frc.org worldview. Welcome back to Washington Watch. Happy Friday to you. Hope you've had a fantastic week and getting ready for a wonderful weekend. I'm Jody Heiss, your host, senior advisor to the president here at the Family Research Council, and honored to be with you. Okay, speaking yesterday at a joint press conference with the British Prime Minister, uh, President Biden said that, catch this, he said that laws to protect children from sterilization and mutilization are cruel and hateful. Can you believe that? He also mentioned that, in his opinion, efforts to remove sexually explicit materials from schools were enacted by prejudiced people. Look at this clip. The fight is far, far from over because we have some hysterical and, I would argue, prejudiced people who are engaged in all what you see going on around the country. It's, a, it's an appeal to fear, and it's an appeal that is totally, thoroughly unjustified and ugly. Well, it's just, it's difficult even to respond. Those remarks came as the president also went on to announce a multi-agency federal push now for the LGBTQ agenda. So while the White House wants all hands on deck literally to mutilate kids and to promote sexually explicit filth in our schools, uh, he is pushing to advance all of this. It's, it's stunning. Well, joining me now to discuss this is Meg Kilgannon. She's a senior fellow for education studies here at the Family Research Council. Meg, welcome back to Washington Watch. Great to have you. Thanks for having me, Jody. All right, let's talk about this new interagency effort that the president is pushing. Uh, what do we know about it? Well, it is an all hands on deck effort to advance the LGBTQIA2S plus community in every aspect of government. When I was in the Trump administration, I, I went late in the administration and one of the projects that we were working on to finish up was a government-wide religious freedom rule that was being enforced and that each agency had written a piece of how they were going to protect religious freedom in America. So we see the difference an election makes now with the Biden administration celebrating Pride Month, announcing all kinds of efforts and initiatives to advance LGBTQ rights, which will come at the expense of other people's rights. Um, they are going to... Uh, 
help the Department of Homeland Security make threat assessments for uh, people who are not affirming of LGBTQ uh, people. They're uh, going to have a, um, a pornography czar at the U.S. Department of Education who's going to ensure that there's a, a pornographic book in every backpack going home with the kids every day. Um, it, it's just a ridiculous, ridiculous list of, of um, the, the, the mythical injustice that is the LGBT community is facing in America. The Biden administration is ready to fight. It's stunning. And, you know, this the, the, another part of the concerning uh, part of all of this to me is the interagency. This is like a, a an all of government approach to push the LGBTQ agenda. Uh, I know the Education Department is involved. The Justice Department is involved. Uh, Department of Housing and Urban Development. Uh, are there others? I mean, just how big is this interagency coalition going to be? Do you know? Sure. The Department of Homeland Security is involved. The Department of Justice, as you said, the Department of um, Housing and Urban Development. I mean, essentially, they're going to prioritize people who identify as LGBT in government programs through those agencies. So if you need a bed in a homeless shelter, I suppose they would want for that that the one bed left for five people to go definitely to the LGBTQ person. Um, wow. th that's the kind of that's the kind of thing that's going to practically be facing people on the ground when they start to to deal with the ramifications of these kinds of of rules and, and rulemaking efforts. Now, the you know, we've covered this week about the SPLC putting out their hate list. And so when you when you think about the, the government cooperating with a group like the Southern Poverty Law Center and this um, this this witch hunt for any a patriotic American in the country to be put under some sort of threat assessment by the Department of Homeland Security and the Department of Justice. Uh, now, if you um, are not affirming your children, uh, the government is going to help you do that. And I have a feeling that if you still don't affirm your child in their LGBTQ identity, they will have a threat assessment <laughs> placed with you. Um, they're they're going to have a toolkit from the Department of Education to help parents affirm their LGBTQIA plus children. A great point with SPLC, uh, Meg, and, and all how you're connecting these dots. Listen, we've only got a little over a minute left, but you know what, the, the laws that the president attacked, he's a master at misrepresenting everything, but the laws yes. that he targeted are not targeting anyone. They're designed to protect children from mutilating surgeries. And these are not just book yes. bans. They're trying to protect children from sexually explicit material. In 30 seconds, what, what, how do parents need to respond to all of this? Well, you need to, to be very careful about who you let be in charge of your, of your children. Um, because the, the, the idea that parents know best is not the de facto starting point for this administration and for for many on the democratic side of the aisle unfortunately and so if you are not going if you you know do not agree with this agenda then you need to be very careful uh with whom with whom you entrust your children and all of this is coming out i wish we had more time to go to it on the one year anniversary of the firebomb Pregnancy Care Center in Buffalo, New York last year, and now Biden is coming after everyone else. Uh, it's unbelievable. Thank you, Meg Kilgannon. All right, friends, stay tuned. We've got much more coming straight ahead on the other side of the break. We'll be right back. Are you prepared to pray, vote, and stand for biblical truth? It is imperative that Christians pray for their community and culture to steward their role as a citizen by voting and to stand for biblical truth. This means that Christians must be intentional about seeking after the Lord in all things. You can join Family Research Council and FRC Action President Tony Perkins in this mission as he hosts the Pray, Vote, Stand broadcast to inspire brothers and sisters in Christ to turn their attention to the Lord first and in every compartment of their lives. Tony is joined by experts, elected leaders, and Christian leaders for this weekly half-hour program to help you see through the fog created by the biased mainstream media. Watch the Pray, Vote, Stand weekly broadcasts and commit to pray for our nation, to stand for truth, and to seek the Lord first. Just go to prayvotestand.org. 
Again, that's PrayVoteStand.org. Tech censorship is on the rise. Big tech companies are attempting to cancel conservatives and Christians, which is why here at Family Research Council, we've decided to be proactive so that big tech cannot silence us completely. FRC has a text subscription platform to be sure we can continue to keep you in the loop. That way you can still find updates on faith, family, and freedom. You can get FRC's content straight to your phone. Just sign up for our text alerts by texting STAND to 67742. Again, you simply text STAND to 67742, and FRC will send you special alerts on the issues that matter to you. By subscribing, you'll also be one of the first to know about our upcoming events and programs. All of this info is yours with just a simple text. You'll have access to content that will help you continue to stand for faith, family, and freedom. And you'll know about opportunities to connect with like-minded communities. Just text STAND to 67742 and be the most informed person you know. Finding a quality news source today in this media-saturated world can be incredibly difficult. It is important to stay informed on what is going on in the world, but you need a news source you can trust. That is why Family Research Council created The Washington Stand, an online news platform with a mission to provide readers with free, factual news stories, and commentaries all from a biblical worldview. Based in Washington, D.C., our reporters provide reliable information on the most crucial issues of the day, ranging from breaking news on the hottest Supreme Court decisions to details on the latest public education stories, updates to domestic and international religious liberty cases, and more. We want you and your family to stay informed on what is happening in the world that affects faith, family, and freedom. Be encouraged. Be in the know. And stand firm in truth by visiting WashingtonStand.com today. That's WashingtonStand.com. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Jody Heiss, your Friday host. Glad to have you joining us this evening. And uh, listen, one of the frustrations of this program is it never seems to last long enough. I hate that we had to... Uh, end quickly with Meg Kilgannon. What an incredibly important topic there. And let me just say this for those of you specifically in Louisiana. Your your legislators have done their job. They have passed some uh, a great bill protecting children from these mutilation surgeries and so forth. It is as go on the pres- on the uh, governor's desk who is saying he's going to veto it. So listen, here's what needs to happen. The, the governor of Louisiana needs to sign the bill and protect children from these mutilation surgeries that are irreversible. The governor needs to sign that, but he's threatening to veto it. If that happens, then we need the legislators of Louisiana to come back into session so that they can override the governor's veto. And here's the timing of this. Uh, The session is running out. And so the legislation session is over. The governor has not yet signed that bill. He's going to wait till everyone goes home. Then he's going to veto it. So the the representatives now need to decide they're going to come back. And if if that doesn't happen, look, this is going to be a major election issue. So for those of you in Louisiana, we're going to put up on the screen here a couple of phone numbers for you to contact the governor's office. Right here it is. You can contact the governor's office. Please write these numbers down. Uh, And also you can reach out to your representatives as well as your senators. Please join us in getting involved uh, to help out with what's happening there in Louisiana. We need commitments from the legislators to come back. If the governor indeed vetoes this, we need them to come back and override that veto. So there's the numbers for you. Thank you in advance for getting on board and taking some action. All right, news of the indictment of former President Trump, as we have already mentioned this evening, uh, it came the very same day as the release of what some are describing as the smoking gun in the House Oversight Committee's investigation into the Biden family's corruption, which includes some $5 million of influence peddling directly that the vice president at the time, president now, received uh, in a peddling scheme for uh, the Ukrainian uh, company Burisma. 
Well, Republican leader, leaders were quick to criticize uh, the Biden administration's weaponization of the federal government uh, to target a political opponent. We're grateful for that. Uh, but now, listen, we've got evidence that continues to mount suggesting a two-tiered system of justice that is developing or perhaps has already developed in the United States. Well, joining me now to discuss this is John Malcolm. He's the vice president for the Institute of Constitutional Government at the Heritage Foundation. Previously, he served for four years as deputy assistant attorney general in the Department of Justice's criminal division. So, John, thank you so much for joining us this evening on Washington Watch. We deeply appreciate it. My pleasure. Good to be with you, Jody. All right. This uh, this indictment unsealed this afternoon. What do we know about it so far? Well, they're pretty serious charges. It's a 44-page indictment containing 38 different counts. 37 of them involve former President Trump. Uh, he was indicted along with a guy named Walt uh, Nauda, who had worked as a valet for him in the White House and as a personal aide for him in uh, at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, the allegations are there are 31 counts uh, that he willfully retained classified information that pertained to national security. Uh, there are also allegations that he uh, made efforts to conceal these documents, move boxes around to prevent the federal government from getting them and to even hide them from his attorneys who were trying to be responsive to a grand jury subpoena. Uh, and there are also allegations that uh, they made false statements about their knowledge about the existence of these documents. Uh, and these are, as I say, pretty serious charges. There's a lot of information in the indictment. Uh, basically, there's a, a couple of claims that not only did former President Trump have these documents, but that on at least two occasions, he disclosed uh, classified documents to people who did not have the requisite clearance to see those documents. And when he did so, he said, you know, I could have declassified these things when I was president, but I didn't, and I really shouldn't be showing these documents to you. And supposedly, according to the indictment, these conversations were recorded. So unlike uh, the indictment that was returned against former President Trump by Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan District Attorney, those are serious charges too, but I thought that I thought and think that they're very weak charges. Uh, these are more serious charges. And of course, his legal troubles may not be at an end because Jack Smith, the special counsel, is still investigating him uh, for potential involvement in the events surrounding the riot on January 6th at the Capitol. And the Fulton County District Attorney in Georgia uh, is investigating him for potentially election interference in that state and elsewhere. Yeah, it's just an ongoing unpeeling of the onion. It's just one one level after another of attacks coming against him. Uh, and and granted, serious charges that you're you're referencing, uh, but there, I think the problem a lot of people have is, uh, in fact, I know know it is uh, that. There's a two-tiered system of justice that, I mean, here's Hillary Clinton literally destroyed information that she was ordered not to destroy. Nothing happens. Uh, President Biden has this, these type of things, too. Uh, so isn't there, at least from former presidents, uh, a, a relatively high degree of discretion when it comes to compliance with the Presidential Records Act? Yes, normally. Uh, and the president's also, when he was president, had declassification authority. Uh, and, you know, you are correct that the FBI and the Department of Justice have certainly created the perception in the minds of many, many, many people that there is a two-tiered system of justice. You just mentioned the allegations by a whistleblower of, of pay-to-play bribery involving uh, Joe Biden himself when he was vice president. You could say the same thing about the seemingly never-ending investigation against Hunter Biden. Uh, certainly Hillary Clinton, uh, when she was Secretary of State, had you know a, a server at her home in uh, Chappaqua, New York, and she sent and received classified information over that. She had that server wiped clean and her emails all deleted beyond recovery. She was not charged. And this indictment comes on the heels of a, a scathing report by the special counsel, John Durham, about how the FBI uh, undertook an investigation, Crossfire Hurricane, looking into alleged collusion between the Trump campaign and you know intelligence officials in the Russian government. 
And it was all built on a complete lie. And it was a lie that was paid for by the Clinton campaign. Uh, so there are a lot of people who believe that the FBI is broken uh, and that it is operating in a not in a politically neutral, even handed manner, which is a very, very scary thing to think about uh, for the nation's most powerful law enforcement agency. And actually that they lied to the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act court, the FISA court, uh, which allows very in-depth spying on American citizens. It's it's dangerous stuff. Well, and you know this inside and out. I mean, you work there uh, as an assistant there with the attorney general in the Department of Justice. You know, you've been there, done that. You know how these agencies are are to operate. Uh, and probably you're as shocked as anyone, perhaps more so, to see what seemingly is coming from them, from those agencies these days. But what do you make of the timing? I mean, you brought up a very interesting point coming on the heels of the Durham report. Uh, and now this indictment also not only coming on the heels of, but coming on the day of the Oversight Committee actually receiving uh, damaging information alleging and really pointing significantly to President Biden taking a bribe, potentially putting our country at risk. Uh, What do you make of the timing of all of this? Doesn't that in itself give every appearance that this is politically driven? Well, it's, that's hard to say, in addition to the fact, by the way, that President Biden is also under investigation for mishandling classified information from the time that he was a senator and a vice president. Uh, you know, I don't know whether it was coincidental, although it is certainly true that sometimes when you know bad news is coming, you put something else out there uh, in order to distract from the bad news that you believe is about to hit you. Uh, and I suppose that that is possible. I don't know how much these officials talk to each other in terms of coordinating uh, activities. I and mean, the House has been seeking these documents for a while uh, from uh, FBI Director Chris Wray, presumably Jack Smith, who had sent a target letter to former President Trump just a few days ago, got the clearance from uh, Merrick Garland, the attorney general, to seek in a return of this indictment. I have no idea whether it was coincidental or not, but it certainly is is suspicious. Uh, and it adds to the long list of suspicious things that is going to create distrust among the public in our nation's most powerful law enforcement body. Well, well said. And I would not expect you to give a, a, a blanket statement one way or the other. But absolutely, this gives every appearance. And, uh, you know, maybe there's not a whole lot of conversation between agencies, uh, at least perhaps not as oftentimes there should be. But there does appear, at least to me, to be significant colluding and conversation to protect certain individuals right now. And this goes way back, as you referenced, the false uh, Russia hoax and the number of people who were involved with that. And it just seems to go on and on and on, which brings great consternation to the American people, as well it should, as to a potential two-tiered system that is underway or perhaps already in our face. Now, President Biden, uh, I, I want to put play this clip and uh, get your reaction to it. I, he, he just can't help himself sometimes. Back in 2018, he was literally bragging, and a previous uh, guest this evening brought this up. He was bragging about getting an investigation uh, in Ukraine to uh, uh, fire someone who was investigating uh, Burisma. And the vice president at the time, Vice President Biden, was bragging about how he shut this down. Play clip eight for me, please. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a <laughs> got fired. It's amazing. He got fired. But what the what he was not mentioning is that it appears as though he received $5 million to do that. I mean, this is, um, and all of that's coming out yesterday. It just seems as though the timing of this is is very, uh, like you said, suspicious. What do you make of, do you see any connecting of the dots with all of this? 
Well, look, I, I certainly remember when when then Vice President Biden, or I guess this is after he was vice president, I don't remember, was talking about insisting that Viktor Shokin, who was the Ukrainian prosecutor, yeah. fired. And he was. And Viktor Shokin, of course, came forward and said, I was looking into Hunter Biden and, uh, and Burisma, and that's why I was fired. Other people have question Victor Shokin's bona fides in, in terms of you know, claiming that he has some corruption uh, stain attached to him. But look, there's no question. I mean, Hunter Biden knew about as much about energy as I did by turning on the lights in my room today. And he was paid you know, a boatload of money solely for the purpose of being on the board of that organization. And there was no point to having him on the board of that organization other than it gave him access to the White House to his father, who had principal responsibility for carrying out foreign policy initiatives in Ukraine where Burisma was operating. So it stinks to high heaven, and there's nothing new about that. If Joe Biden took money directly, uh, you know, certainly there were hints on, the, on Hunter Biden's laptop uh, once it was admitted that it was, in fact, his laptop and not Russian disinformation uh, that said that, I forget it was like, the big guy needs to get paid. Uh, so I'm not Surprised. I'm disappointed, of course, in our elected leaders, but I'm not surprised that these allegations are coming out now. Yeah, I'm not either. And uh, and that just adds to the suspicion of the indictments coming out yesterday. Uh, and in fact, some are suggesting that even the first impe impeachment of President Biden is related uh, to uh, this whole Biden Burisma dealing because the president, Trump, was pushing uh, the, the Ukrainian leadership, Zelensky, right. to investigate all of that. And what do you know? He's faced with an impeachment. Uh, it just like you said, it all stinks to high heaven. Yeah, that was certainly the subject of the first impeachment. Uh, you know, the president said he had this perfect call with Vladimir Zelensky. I, I question whether it was a perfect call, uh, but there was no question that, uh, you know, the Bidens had some very, very shady dealings in Ukraine, uh, particularly Hunter Biden and in other countries, too, including China. We're, we're coming down on our time. Do, are, are you fearful of a two-tiered system of justice? Do you sense a, a rat in the House in relation to justice? Yeah, look, I, um, in addition to working as a deputy assistant attorney general, which you, which you rec referenced, I was also for seven years just a line federal prosecutor. And I work with a lot of very fine FBI agents out in the field who did great work. So I do not fault them. But there was, there was and may still be a rot at the top. And, you know, there are those of us who have urged FBI Director Chris Wray, who was not there when all of this happened in 2016, that was Jim Comey, to come in there and clean house. And I, for the life of me, don't know why he hasn't done that. Yes, some of these people have left, uh, but, you know, there are already, it's come out that the FBI was querying databases containing FISA information in a totally improper fashion, doing so tens of thousands of times. This kind of thing should never have happened. And the director should have taken action against all of this stuff, and he still should. Well, John Malcolm, I want to thank you so much for joining us this evening on Washington Watch. I don't suppose any of us should be waiting on bated breath for an indictment of becoming for President Biden. Uh, but thank you for your incredible insight this evening. We appreciate it. Have a great weekend. My pleasure. Same to you. All right, friends, that wraps it up. I hope you likewise have a fantastic weekend. We'll be here next week on Washington Watch. God bless. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at one 866 372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.